All right, well, brothers and sisters, would you please turn to the book of Amos, chapter 4. God has brought us to a study of the book of Amos. I believe it is very timely for us as a people to prepare and to be used of God. If you'll remember, the reason we are going through the book of Amos is because God is calling us to the ministry or the spirit of Amos. And so he wants us to learn how to walk under that anointing of a prophet in this land. This is the day and the hour God needs his people to have a voice and to speak to the nation and to speak to the church. We are in Amos chapter 4, and uh, there's no nice way to go about this chapter. Amos chapter 4 is an oracle of doom. How do you like that? An oracle of doom, and that declaration an oracle is a word from God and this word of God is one of not just judgment but actually one of doom that is coming and so um, I don't need to read this against you we are studying this so that we would in fact learn how do you present an oracle of doom right And so I want to teach us all under the spirit of Amos, how do we present an oracle of doom? Why would we even dare to present an oracle of doom? Because it's the church's responsibility to correct that which is unjust, to speak against that which is wrong, that which is corrupt, to speak against that which is failing and falling apart. When the church is salt to preserve the justice of God and the word of truth. And when it's failing, the, the prophet is sent so that we would make a declaration of straighten up and fly right, if I could quote Nat King Cole. Straighten up and fly right. Let's get this together. And that's what we need to do. So how do you give an oracle of doom? Our goal is that those who are listening to us would respond properly. You can yell at people, you can be angry at people, but will they respond correctly? So really the point of being a spokesperson for God or a prophet for God or a thus saith the Lord for the the Lord is to find that way to speak it so that you'll get a response from the people. Does that make sense to you? And so we're going to take a look at Amos and how he went about it and we're going to consider that. If you'll remember in the second chapter, uh, uh, first and second chapter, we saw that every time Amos would make a declaration of judgment, he would say, and so says the Lord, or in the King James language, thus saith the Lord, thus saith the Lord. And do you know our society today, our nation today needs a thus saith the Lord. There are so many people who have opinions, but who will speak Thus saith the Lord. They need a prophetic anointing from a people who have been in touch with God, who know the heart of God, who know the heart of Father. They don't need a bumper sticker or another pin or a suggestion or an idea. They, know, they need to confront and be with someone who has been in the presence of Jesus and has a word for the person you're talking to right then and there that you know what God has put on your heart for them, and you share it to them, and you give it to them, and they can even sense and feel the unction of God in your presence. 
God is looking for His church to do that and to be that. And so we want to learn how do we give this oracle of doom? How do we tell America if we don't shape up, we're in big trouble? And how do we tell America that trouble isn't coming because of our inadequacies, it's coming because of our sin? And so we have to be able to, like Amos, present a message that will ultimately bring this nation, bring your neighbors, bring my neighbors back to the Lord God and to return to Him. And so, let's uh, see what we can begin with in Amos chapter 4, verse 1. And so Amos starts and he says this, Hear this word, you cows of Bashan and Mount Samaria, you women who oppress the poor and crush the needy, you say to your husbands, bring us some drinks. Okay, so um, I, I wouldn't call your audience, you fat cows. It's really not the best way to start off. Amos literally calls the women of Israel, you cows. All right? I'm, I'm not suggesting you do this. All right? Uh, Amos, as you're going to find out, has a heavy dose of sarcasm. And he uses sarcasm to do the very first point a prophet should do, and that is to evaluate or check your spiritual condition. So what he's doing by declaring this and using sarcasm is he's trying to get people to pay attention to the spiritual condition they're in. Have you ever noticed when sarcasm is used? I have. In my office when I counsel couples, and when I hear the husband give an answer and the wife uses sarcasm and rolls her eyes, we have trouble. Because sarcasm is often used when we know we're not getting the message through. And we need to cut through the justifications and cut through the veneer and cut through your idea and we use sarcasm to try to make the point so you'd get it and that's what Amos is doing now there's a constructive way to do this and I I even think it's valuable how many of you know that God uses sarcasm right he does he uses sarcasm in the Psalms you'll hear God talk about how the nations are going to rage against him and he laughs at them I mean, that's sarcasm. I mean, really? You versus me? Right? And God throws his head back and chuckles. (laughs) What, are you kidding? Right? How, uh, How about in the book of Judges and in the Psalms, God uses sarcasm against Israel and Judah, and he says, so why don't you call on your idols? Why don't you speak into their ears and put your needs in their hands? They're made out of wood. Right? I mean, that's sarcasm. He's trying to cut to the point. I've been with you all this time and you're going to carve out a God? Really? Jesus used sarcasm. How many of you remember in John chapter 4 when he was at the woman uh, in Samaria at the well? Right? Maybe while he was in Samaria, he was under that anointing of Amos using sarcasm. But he's talking to the lady and he says, hey, go get your husband. And she says, I have not a husband. And he says, you said that right, babe. All right, now that's in a translation. It says, you say that well. 
But it's sarcasm. He says, no, yeah, you don't have a husband. You got five you've been with. It's sarcasm. But he's trying to make a point. And with that point, he cuts through to her heart and says, you're a prophet of God. Sometimes how we speak to someone is how we're going to get to the point of their spiritual condition. And sometimes sarcasm will do that. And so Amos tells the ladies of Israel, huh? The real housewives of Bashan Israel. You cows. Hosea 4 7 says, As they increased and prospered, so they sinned against me. Therefore, I will change their glory into shame. And that's what he did. I'm not going to keep that picture up too long for you. This is what happened. He says, You cows, while you're getting fat and prosperous and you're trampling on the poor, and you tell your husband, Get me another drink. Really? Now, here's the thing about Amos. He's not just being mean calling these ladies cows. But he's actually getting to the point because in Bashan, it was actually the place where they had raised cattle. And so the raising and selling of their cattle and their livestock made them prosperous. And so he says, while you are prospering, and while you think you're being blessed of God, you're trampling on the poor and you're uh, the real housewives of Bashan just drinking and celebrating your richness while people are suffering. And so that sarcasm just nails them for where they're at. He goes on, he says, The sovereign Lord has sworn by His holiness the time will come when you will be taken away with hooks. Uh, that's how they took the meat of the cows and and took it to, uh, you know, uh, butcher it. The last of you with fish hooks, and you will each go straight out through breaks in the wall, and you will be cast toward Harmon, says the Lord. And then he goes back into his sarcasm. Go to Bethel and sin. Go to Gilgal and sin yet even more. Then bring your sacrifice every morning, your tithes every three years. Burn leavened bread as the thank offering and brag about your free will offerings. Boast about them, you Israelites, for this is what you love to do. Wow. See, there is a time when you've got to be straight with someone. And so as we're preparing to give an oracle of doom to our neighbors and friends, or in the sense, a warning, a godly warning of what's coming to this nation, what's coming to our lives, what's coming to individuals who are living a life of sin, your sin will find you out. So sometimes you may want to use sarcasm. You may want to use something that would be able to penetrate so that they would ask, what is my spiritual condition? For example, you talk to people, yeah, well, I'm a nice person. I treat my neighbors right. You get that answer all the time. I believe there's a God, and I believe this, but I don't believe that, and I don't believe this. Just ask them. So how's that working for you? Real simple. A little sarcastic, but a little bit simple. Really, let's evaluate. How's that working for you? Is this all you need, or is there something greater? Are you lacking something? Do you really think that you can pick and choose how you want to shape God? Huh? Do you remember Mr. Potato Head? 
put a mustache on them, put glasses, put this hat, put that. Is that really how you consider God, that you can pick and choose how to define him? A little sarcastic, but it makes people think. And I'm not trying to be rude at all. So we have to find a way, as we're sharing with people, how to get them to evaluate their spiritual condition. Peter says to do it in all humility and meekness and gentleness with love. And so let's do that. And let's present that. And so he says to Israel, really? You come and you present your tithes. You give in the offering. You come and you bring your praise and your worship and that's all great, but Monday through Friday you sin wherever you go. This cannot be. And so God challenges. Amos challenges them as to really who they are. The second point to bring an oracle of doom is this. We need to wake them up. It's a wake-up call. Now, how many of you set an alarm today? All right, a few of you. That's why you're at the 1130 service. <laughs> All right. You do alarms Monday through Friday. Sunday, I'm going to the 1130 service. It's a wake-up call. Somebody needs to sound the alarm in these United States. We need a wake-up call. We need a wake-up call. We need to be able to say, are you, are you kidding me? Do you not understand what's going on? Right? And that's what Amos begins to do. He begins to alert them that God has been doing something with us that nobody's been paying attention to. Wake up, people. Wake up. And so let's take a look at it. He says this in verse 6. I gave you empty stomachs in every city. Verse 7. I withheld rain from you and from your harvests. Um, verse 9, I struck your vineyards with locusts. Verse 10, I sent plagues among you and killed your young men. Uh, I sent those plagues of Egypt to you. Verse 11, I overthrew some of you as I overthrew Sodom and Gomorrah, like a burning snicks, a stick snatched from the fire. What's he saying? He's saying, I have tried to spank you over and over to get your attention to wake up. Now, God doesn't do anything by surprise. When he moves, he gives his word to his prophets and his people know what he's going to do. He sent locusts, he brought drought, he sent plagues, and he pummeled their cities with enemies from afar. Those are in fact listed in the book of Deuteronomy according to the curses of those who will not follow the decrees of the Lord. This was not a surprise to Israel. They understood, according to Deuteronomy 28, choose this day whether you will receive blessing or cursing. I've told you this. All right, it's no different than you in your house. Right? I told you, close the door. Do you live in a barn? You have rules for your home, right? Parents, you're used to telling them these are the rules. And when they break the rules, you need to discipline them. And all discipline that is good is given to, for instruction in being right. Right? That's why we discipline. So that you'll learn how to do what's right. That's why we discipline. And that's what God was doing. And let me read to you what 
He says in Deuteronomy 28, according to his law, he says this in verse 1, If you fully obey the Lord your God and carefully follow all of his commands I give you today, the Lord your God will set you high above all other nations in the earth. You see, their position and their role, Israel was supposed to be above every other nation. God wanted them to succeed and be above every nation and to be a light to every nation. He says, all these blessings will come upon you and accompany you if you obey the Lord your God. But then he goes down to verse 15 and he says, however, if you do not obey the Lord your God and do not carefully follow all his commands and decrees that I'm giving you today, all these curses will come upon you and overtake you. There will be famine, there will be drought, there will be locusts, there will be plagues, and your enemies will attack you. Everything Amos just said happened. They've been disobedient. It's not that they have just wandered aimlessly on their own to that place. They deliberately rebelled against God. Tell me, does this nation know better? Does this nation know, according to the Word of God, that adultery and fornication is wrong according to the Word of God? Does it know that abortion and killing babies is wrong according to the Word of God? Does it know that homosexuality is wrong and marriage is for a man and a woman according to the Bible and according to the Word of God? Yes, they do know. This nation knows it, and they stand opposed to it. Would I dare say that possibly drought and pestilence and terrorism, and trouble coming to this nation in the past number of years? Would I dare say that it could have been by God trying to wake up his people, the church? Could it have been? Well, if you read the Bible, we need that worldview. We need to understand God is trying to get a wake-up call. And here's the reason. So the reason, point two, in presenting an oracle of doom is to show the people God's been trying to reach you. What's your spiritual condition? And do you know God has been desiring to reach you? The things and the events in your life may have happened, good or bad, because you need to begin to consider that life's bigger than you and God is in control of all things. He wants you to pay attention. Amen? That's why we present an oracle of doom. Now, understand this. The third point. The reason God spanks his children, right? Disciplines. And that's why he brought a drought. You see, he says this sequentially. He says that I gave you empty stomachs and you have not returned to me. He then does something else. I withheld the rain but you did not return to me. I brought the locusts to devour your vineyards, but you did not, what? Return to me. I sent plagues, the plagues of Egypt, but you did not, what? Return to me. And I have sent enemies to destroy your cities, but you did not return to me. And this is the point of why God gives an oracle of doom or preparation for what's coming. Because he's trying to correct the problem. And so as we raise our children, and there are times that you've told them right from wrong, and they do wrong, you swat them and you give them a spank so that they'll learn and understand how to do what is right. 
and not in their stubbornness continue in what is wrong. Every time he would do something and they wouldn't return. He would do something again. It shows the patience of our God with Israel. How many years we're talking about that he's trying to show them? And they're happy and singing. We're rich. Pour me another drink. Hallelujah. Bless God. We're Israel, God's chosen people. Fill her up. And we sell more cows and we get more money and we have more fun. And God is spanking them saying, wake up, my people, wake up. But here's the whole reason why. I love you. Return to me. Come back to me. Oh, God, save America. Come back to me. You see, we have been through a lot, and we are going to go through a lot because America's not paying attention. We will get spanked, and we will get spanked again. And as we continue to rebel and go our own way with every onslaught of trouble, it's a message that God is saying, come back to me, come back to me, come back to me. I discipline those whom I love. That's what he said to the Laodicean church. I love you. Return to me. Return to your first love, he said to the Ephesian church. Come back. And so God wants us to return. That's his heart for us. We see in America financial disaster. We see fuel troubles. We see food problems, jobs, terrorism, national, nat- uh, natural disasters. So we see all this. We recognize, can we recognize that God is trying to call his people back to them? It, it, it has its impact. How many of you remember in 9-11, our church was filled the weeks after 9-11. Man, thought we might have to go to three services. People wanted to get back, right? What happened was they, they had a sense that maybe we need God. Maybe we're vulnerable. Maybe we're not as strong as we thought we were. Maybe we're not all that. And in that insecurity, maybe I need to find God. Until our government said a couple weeks after the 9-11, let's go back to normal life, go shopping. How many of you remember that? That's the advice our government gave us. Go shopping. Get back into the normal routine of consuming for yourselves. Oh, that's right. Eat more, you fat cows. Can I speak the truth? So how do we present an oracle of doom to a nation that it's coming to? We call them to check their spiritual condition. We may have to be direct. We call them to check their spiritual condition. We remind them that God has called us to stay to His Word. The Judeo-Christian ethic that has governed this nation And we say this to the church as well. You know the Word of God. Stop being liberal in your theology. Stop accepting what God calls sin. And so we warn them of that. And thirdly, we let them know God wants you to return to Him. God wants to embrace you once again and for you to embrace Him. 
Last of all, he says this, most ominous words in verse 12. Therefore, this is what I will do to you, Israel. And because I will do this to you, prepare to meet your God. Now, people have all sorts of different gods. What's amazing about this verse is God is talking to his own children. God's talking to his own family. God's talking to the people who know him, know his word, understand him, but reject him. And he said, you know what? Get ready to meet me because I'm coming. Jesus said the same thing to the seven churches. And he said it to the Laodicean church. If you will not listen, I will come and I will remove your lampstand. Boy, you know what? We paint Jesus as the California surfer dude. Man, he's so peace-loving and understanding. Yeah, it's all right. Whatever. Yeah, it's okay. There's a time when God has enough, when he has warned and warned and warned enough, and he says, you know what? I'm showing up. You felt my hand smack your bottom. This time, you're going to look me in the eyes because I'm showing up. And I believe that that's coming. And can you imagine that God would say to his people, prepare to meet your God? That would cause me to fall to my knees and shudder. Imagine John on the Isle of Patmos who loves the Lord Jesus, worships the Lord Jesus, whose heart is right with the Lord Jesus and is confronted by the Lord Jesus and falls on his face dead as if he was dead because of his reverence to the holy God. Can you imagine God coming as that roaring lion and said, prepare to meet your God? You see, everyone will meet God. Everyone will meet God because every knee will bow. Every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. The determining factor is, how do you want to do that? Out of fear or out of praise and glory? because we will meet the Lord our God. And so like the prophet Joel said to Israel, even now declares the Lord, return to me with all your heart. We bring an oracle of doom and we are responsible to speak this warning message to the family and friends we live with. And so we, we come with a spirit that says, how's this working for you? Where's your spiritual condition? How are you doing? Can I tell you that the things that have been happening in your life are trying to draw your attention. Your sin is finding you out. The struggles you're having, could you recognize that you're not able to control your life? That you need God? And what God has been saying to you and He's saying right now, come to me. I love you. Return to me. And if you don't do this, you're going to be confronted again by God in a greater way. Return with all your heart to the Lord. And as we begin to do this and we begin to deliver this message, I'm believing for a spiritual change in this nation. I'm believing for revival. I'm believing people will get saved. I'm believing there's going to be a turning and a changing. Amen? Are you with me? And so let's go to the Lord and return with all our hearts to Him.